this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello. I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going! Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Welcome to Hot D, the officially unofficial podcast for House of the Dragon on HBO. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking season one, episode eight, The Lord of the Tides. Uh, Aaron, I assume you've seen this at least once more. How how do you, how does it strike you now? I, I think it's clearly my favorite episode of the season. Like oh, everything kind of led up wow. to this. Um, <laughs> Like this is the, this is the. I think answer to the trade-offs of the time jumps versus telling, you know, 20 ish years of history of the show, just so you get to this point and, uh, you know, Viserys is ascending the throne and Damon putting the crown on his head and his, you know, just looking around at his family, right. You know, and his last night on earth and all likelihood it's this, this all builds up to this. And I just think that like, Yes, there have been weaknesses when it comes to time jumps and character replacements and actors stepping in and out of roles. But the overall strength of this episode, I think, rebukes or proves that those those risks were worth taking because I don't see how you get to here. Um, and, you know, as someone that's this Red House of the Dragon and that was my main concern the entire time is like, how can they, you know, the the. The sizzle's all here. The big battle scenes, the betrayals, the conspiring, the the, the sex, the tawdryness. It's all there in Fire and Blood, but like it's just like, you know, why do you care about any of this stuff? And I cared so much, and I found mm-hmm. that like, even as I watched it multiple times, like the same parts, like, you know, Damon putting the crown, or, you know, uh, Damon helping his his brother to the, the top of the Iron Throne, putting the crown on his head still hits. Um, I notice other things like, um, you know, the, fa- the, the way they frame the shot is it's, it's Viserys kind of going towards Rhaenyra, you know, cause she's standing in front of the throne when, and then he's like, kind of fixed on her with his vision. Um, and, and then, yeah, just how much he loves his family at the end and how it's so close. I, I felt like they filmed it as so close to, to doing, to, to, to healing this riff single-handedly through sheer force mm-hmm. of will and love. I just thought it's great. I thought it's great. Um, it uh, seems like it really delighted everybody. You know, uh, you're, there's there, they you, you like it seems like it's very satisfying uh, for Damon to to take Vayman's head and leave his tongue. Uh, it's very mm-hmm. satisfying to see, you know, Damon and Eamon kind of squaring off and thinking, oh, this is going to be really interesting sometime in the future. Yeah. Um, I, I just like I said, this they they haven't even gotten to the good, the quote unquote good stuff that I would have suspected them to get to in the narrative of the Dance of the Dragons, and they're crushing it. Yeah, I love it. Why about you? Yeah, no, my opinion has not changed much since the first watch uh, on Sunday night. I, I think this is a great episode. Uh, I wouldn't say it's my favorite, but it's definitely way up there. 
they've, they've all been so good, though. I, I think there are very few missteps so far in the show. Uh, I've been super impressed. And this is... Yeah, I, I like how it's it's both paying off a lot of stuff in the past and setting up more stuff for the future. Like you said, that that Damon Amond stare off there uh, in the the Great Hall or wherever they are is definitely something I'm looking forward to in the future. Um, I I want to see what happens, you know, with Corliss. Does he make it back? Does he? Mm. Is he pleased with all the decisions that have been made in his absence? Um, is he angry that maybe the you know the king's brother killed his brother? I it, there's a lot of a lot of nuance in that because um, yeah he kind of gets what he wants but also he gets At a dead cost. brother so yeah, yeah. Um, it, that's all super interesting but yeah I mean those small I say small moments what I mean is is the less flashy moments right the the moments right. with the the king looking around his family and thinking. If it if it could only be like this, you know, I, I this is this is how I wanted everyone to be, uh, is is really just kind of heartbreaking in context because he's getting that final moment. He's going to die by the end of this episode, and everything is probably going to fall to shit. Is my yeah. assumption. I thought it's a good looking episode too, from the opening like Indiana Jones shots of uh, Damon going there and getting a, a fresh yeah, clutch of Cyrax eggs, uh-huh. uh, to just the big sweeping shots of King's Landing and Dragonstone, to the intimate, uh, dimly lit uh, light of the dinners, to the thunder and lightning of uh, Rhaenyra asking her father to protect her. Um, just you know, and and the oh man, uh, also Patty Cod Constantine, right? Uh, he single handedly, I think, made Viserys my favorite character, which I would not have called at the start mm-hmm. of the season. I thought that this guy, and he's kind of been portrayed as kind of ineffectual and kind of being able to sway this way or that, and there's no real true steel there. You know, the the Iron Throne rejects him, but <laughs> well, like everybody think, else has been so shitty at times. Yeah, yeah. So, but. He's just done such a great job and his performance of this king who's essentially a corpse animated yeah. just by the the will to protect and, and love his family. I thought was amazing. Just the the way he portrays like just himself lying in bed, writhing in pain, uh, the way it, you see like, you know, what it costs him to kind of get out of bed. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, let alone put all that gear on him and 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 walk that torturous. You know, how many times have we seen people make that long walk? But like, boy, you felt every freaking step. Mm-hmm. Uh, I yeah, I hats off if this is his final scene. Uh, he did a great job, and I think that the effects artist, um, the makeup people, the effects art, because they clearly did some green screening. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it, I don't think they really pulled Patty's eyeball out and and uh, melon balled his face like that, but I haven't seen him looked... give an interview lately. <laughs> That's fucking acting, man. That's a method <laughs> shit right there. You actually yeah. get your get, get get go through an amputation and a de eyeballing, mm-hmm. uh, I, which I hear is rough stuff. Um, no, I, I thought he just did just uh, such an amazing job. Uh, and it really shows that how King Viserys had the stuff, you know, when it when it mattered. Um, yeah, and, and Patty Constantine has the stuff. I, I I'm so used to seeing him in like secondary roles and and comedic ones, was, and definitely comedic ones. Yeah, th- this was a breakout for him, I think. Uh, 
and he's been around forever. It's not like, Mm -hmm. oh, he's some new actor on the scene and he's finally, he's getting his chance after like two movies. No, he's done a ton of stuff. Uh, And I'm super happy to see him getting some time in the limelight because A, I didn't know he was capable of this, but now that I do, I think he deserves it because yeah, damn, it was so good. Yeah, I agree. I think he's just, uh, you know, again, my expectations were for him to keep the throne warm for a couple episodes and then uh-huh. to croak and then to get to the good stuff. And he has <laughs> just single handedly become the I think he's the Sean Bean of this season. All like right. he's the kind All of heroic right. figure who's trying to do the right thing uh, and, 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 and and trying to step through a minefield of his disastrous choices. Um mm-hmm. and a pretty decent guy and he's going to just just like uh, Ned lost his head at the in the final moments of episode nine it looks like uh Big King V shuffling off the yeah. mortal court uh, coil here I I don't want to be too coy because like the official podcast essentially credits him as a, a, a on screen death so like I, yeah you know I, I was trying to decide yeah. how coy I want to be about like oh maybe he'll linger but like it seems like even the official pods like nah he he rattled his last breath and I think that. 99% of people watching the episode to get that impression too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't I feel too bad about in the instant tech. People are saying the subtitles said breathing stops. Absolutely not on my copy on my streaming huh. copy from HBO max. Huh? Uh, I looked, I rewound four or five times to make sure that I hit all the spots where breathing stops could be. And they definitely don't say it. So yeah. yeah, they're, they're leaving it to for you to interpret, but the correct interpretation I think is he's dead. Mm. And there's been some, you know, perhaps fake out deaths with this collapse at the end of episodes before. But uh, it's going to come back as a dire wolf. <laughs> is that is. what's going to happen? Gonna, gonna be <laughs> Why, no, I think he'd come back as a dragon, if anything. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I just remember all the, the talk of Jon Snow uh, and his. Oh, quote sure. Unquote death. Yeah. Right. He's going to be fridged in a dire wolf. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, but I thought I, the the only potential sour note in the episode because you know we, we talked about how pretty it is uh i thought uh, jawadi did an amazing job of underpinning all the emotion too like that mm-hmm. walk works because of patty constantine the fx director that just nails that shuffle and that cane and uh ramin jawadi just underpinning everything with an amazing soundtrack the one sour note is I don't know how I feel about Allison's reverting what's what's going to be seen as reversion to the mean being over a misunderstanding of a prophecy that she hear, heard her husband say. Mm-hmm. I, I think they've been laying the tracks for this for several episodes of him just generally getting things confused and people, you know, being aware or unaware of that. I just I feel like all the pieces were there just for Otto to come in and be like, yeah, I get it he's dead we're all sad and his last dying wish is for us to be nice but it's here it's coming for you they're like you know they're going to come for your children unless you do xxx dot 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 and giving her this kind of like i don't know what is this a, a targaryen prophecy that does she even believe in i i i i, I watched last and maybe i because i i when i watched it this the second or third times i scrutinize a scene and i'm like no they're definitely playing it as if she thinks that they're talking about prince Aegon here um because she just knows enough about the context to be dangerous but i i guess when hmm. i first watched it i was very i was very convinced that she knew that he was talking to rhaenyra and she was just getting new information 
But I think she just she no, she thinks the king is like, forget everything I just said publicly and loudly and at great personal cost here in my cups of the milk of the poppy. I'm going to tell you the true, true, which is our son is the real king and the prince of his promise. He's going to save everything. It's like I that seems dumb. Like if she prefer to genuinely believe that if she wants to, like, take that as like a pretext but I don't know. I I I I I thought that they didn't need that. What do you think? Yeah, um it's not how I read it. I I guess I I don't know. I, I paid closer attention the second time uh to what she was saying. I think yeah, she does mention Prince Aegon, but I think by the end of that she has understood that he's talking to Rhaenyra. He thinks she is Rhaenyra. And that the reason he made her heir is because of this prophecy. Now, what she does with that information, I think, is going to be, you know, left to uh, next week, and we can see. I don't know. If, yeah, if maybe that influence I'm or negatively or possibly or positively, but yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't read it as like, oh, now she has some mandate from like both sets of gods or something to, uh, yeah, to, to start uh, to put Aegon on the throne. It feels like that's what everybody that's what the majority of people are taking away from the scene. And I didn't want to, uh, but I feel like that's what is intended because I I was also Hmm. hoping that like maybe she's just disgusted at like, oh, really? The reason that you're doing all this stuff is because one of your stupid dreams. Yeah, Um, yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. You know, especially like like in her religious context, I don't think she would take uh that stuff very seriously, but I don't think that's what they're intending. Yeah, I. I don't know. I, I I don't think I don't think they were intending the Aegon thing either, though. I really okay. Well, we can talk more about that when we get to that yeah. scene. Yeah, we should. I was just like, I, I thought maybe you'd just like agree, <laughs> but yeah, we got we'll have to we'll have to disagree about it. All right. Okay. There's still lots of hot D to talk about. We'll be back right after the break. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And now back to Hati. Uh, yeah, let's get into the recap so we can get there. Yes. All right, we start off with uh, Corliss being injured in an ambush. Actually, it's just, you know, Vaymond who's saying that, or the maester who's saying that. He's in bad shape. He might not live. Vaymond wants to name one of Lenor's children the heir to Driftmark before Corliss dies and passes it to Lucerus. Uh, Rhaenys disagrees because that wasn't what Corliss wanted. Or at least we think that's why she disagrees in that moment. <laughs> We'll find out that's not really true afterward. Uh, neck yeah. infections, not good, not good, man. Yeah, neck neck infections, uh, half drowning, and now you got a you got a fever. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I noticed that they did these ravens with these these ill tidings came from Evenfall. Yeah, where is that? Evenfall is the seat of House Tarth, which you might recognize as the origin of Brienne. She's Brienne of okay. Tarth. Um, it's a small island off the east coast of Westeros. Uh, so you got Blackwater Bay. That's where the Blackwater River disgorges into the Narrow Sea. And it's this big bay, and it's got uh, Driftmark and Dragonstone in it. The next bay up, the coast of east uh, of, F- of of Westeros on on the the east coast, there is Shipbreaker Bay. That is the home of Storm's End, and uh, Tarth is essentially the Dragonstone of Break uh, of Shipbreaker Bay. It's okay. like almost an exact same position, exact same. It's a little larger. Um, it's just off the coast. So this is probably less than a day's sail away, which is why they're anticipating all this to happen in, in, in the coming day. Um, mm-hmm. But also, I think the the Corliss was expected to ship. It was supposed to it was expected back on Driftmark the, the, the day after this episode takes place. Yeah, she said something like three days yeah, uh, so like I think that I think back. yeah, like the, the the next morning, the shipper uh, hosting either Lord Corliss or his corpse will <laughs> be pulling into Driftmark, uh, and it'll be interesting to see what the um, what they make of that. But yeah, I yeah. I, I don't know. I, I thought this was interesting how close to the vest they had Rain is kind of like playing her cards here. Um, yeah, and especially reason. after all we've heard her talk about, you know, I don't want to be. Uh, on the throne I've given that dream up all that stuff and now here she is literally sitting on the throne at Driftmark or I guess High Tide uh, ruling in the stead of Corliss and at uh, later in the episode we're going to find out she's actually fighting to kind of hold that power permanently so once she got a taste of it she was all back in on like yeah I might I might want to rule See, my take on this is not that she had a taste for power, but it's like she's very cognizant of getting fucked at this point. It's one thing to lose out on an Iron Throne, but you've got, you know, your lord husband in a cushy, wealthy seat of Westra. But like if Vaman takes over, who knows what happens to her? I mean, she's the she's related to the king and all that stuff. So it's just probably, you know, he can't like ship her off to the Silent Sisters or have her executed or whatnot. But like she could lose you know, broadly speaking, everything like he, he could treat her as the hmm. dowager lady of the house and put her in the nicest place in the castle and give her high honors and all that stuff. Or he could not, you know, he could kick her out and, you know, take away her inheritance and squander all their money. Like, I think she's it's it's more of like, I just want to make sure that I'm in a position where I control my own fate and the fates of my grandchildren. I don't want to be left locked out with no power and no standing. Hmm. Okay, and also I guess like if she's pers- if she was going to because because uh, I interpret it as like you're here to speak for yourself as she that she wanted to uh, like uh, Bela says here she wants to continue being the lady of the house um, until the 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 you know whatever um, yeah I I think she was she was she was there to kind of speak for that that position and not out of any kind of pride or anything just to kind of like make sure she doesn't get screwed but I I could be wrong. Okay. Gotcha. Um, and then they do a little bit of foreshadowing here in this scene where <laughs> Rainus tells Vaymond uh, that his words could be taken for treason. Yeah. Yeah, especially later, especially when he gets out a few more words. We'll see that. It's funny because Game of Thrones has managed to like completely invert the power dynamic of who you, I think, the show intends you to root for because, like, you know, we had in the old show... 
these people who were kind of law and order, the Starks, and wanted to do things that were right. And they were investigating the secret cuckoo clan of incest babies and bastards who were going to, you know, inherit wrongfully the throne. And we broadly see mm-hmm. that saw them as right. And here's the exact opposite where we're being asked to sympathize for people who are flouting, flouting these uh, customs. Now, of course, it was with consent. You know, like Lenor is not like Bobby Baratheon where he's like getting you yeah. know cucked uh, behind his back and. You know, Bob would be horrified by all that stuff. And Laner didn't give a shit either way. But still, it's kind of funny that we are at the people who are just like like Laner, like uh, Vayman says this episode. I'm just speaking the truth, man. This Mm -hmm. isn't this isn't treason. It's just what's happening in front of our eyes. And like, boo, hiss. Yeah, Damon cut his head off. Like, it's kind of wild. I understand why the greens get really pissed sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, they they definitely haven't inverted that. Uh, I, I feel like. I feel like it's earned for these characters at this point. I, I think like, yeah, boy, I had a harder time liking the Lannisters than I do liking the Targaryens on the throne here. Yeah, Viserys is not Ty, Ty, uh, Tywin. Right. I mean, you know? in a lot of ways, right? He's not as as cunning. He's not as smart. He's not as uh, fiery. But he doesn't have to be. He's on the throne, right? Right. You know? and during, His- during peacetime. So, yeah. Yeah, he's had with, his with no obvious threat, right? When when we started this off, there's no obvious threat to the realm. Uh, yes, and then you know he kind of fumbles backwards into a threat, but yeah. Uh, all right, Damon climbs into a dragon roost and pulls out three eggs, and then he gets a message from Bela. Uh, I was surprised to see how spry Damon still is. I, I don't know how old he's supposed to be here. I know how old Matt Smith looks. But I think he's supposed to be in his early to mid forties at this stage. Yeah, that's fucking spry, man. Mm-hmm. I couldn't do free that. climbing. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's wild. Uh, no gear. It, it it it's good that they put this scene in here because if I'm looking at the the standoff between Amond and Damon later in this episode, I'm going, well, Damon is twenty five years older than this kid. He's going to get his right. ass kicked because right. this kid can fight. But when they show him, you know, climbing rock faces and things like that, I'm like, all right, he's still got some moves for sure. Yeah, I feel like that uh, uh, Damon is Viserys's portrait of Dorian Gray, like the older uh-huh. and more decrepit he gets, the stronger. <laughs> because I think that's what this scene and the Vayman scene was supposed to convince us of is that. Damon is still a very dangerous person. Yes. That is fit and is not lost any of his of his uh physicality and his mm-hmm. his, his prowess in battle. And while it's true that Eamon seems like he's pretty flash with a sword and's been training uh you know uh like 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 uh, even his instructor says you're ready for the tournament. Uh Damon's still one of the few people that's actually tested in war. Yeah. So You've got experience and still obviously skill against, uh, you know, impetuousness and, again, obvious skill. I, it's, it'd be interesting to see if uh, if and when these guys square off. What, although it'd be, I got to say, uh, as a, a mild interesting aside, it would be hilarious if this the, <laughs> if this is subverted and they both, oh. you know, don't actually square off. Man, there's some <laughs> things you just got to give the audience, like... 
like a clicking. They don't have bowl. to do shit. You just got to do give shit. It to them. Oh, oh, actually, I, why am I why am I encouraging this? Yeah, yes, audience, invest in everything. Uh, There's never going to be another Oberyn moment where you really want something to happen and it's subverted in the worst kick in the balls, squeezing of the ovaries way possible. No. Yeah, it's that's never going to happen on the show well, again. Well, the thing is, I don't know what this version is here, right? Because like. Yeah, I think I want to see Damon kick kick Eamon's ass, but there's so much ground before. Like, I, I keep switching sides, right? Like, that's the thing is the the show has done a good job of saying like, is the, is this a team you want to root for? You know, uh-huh. each side has their own flaws and their own uh, evils that they're doing, but I, I don't know who I'm really rooting for here yet. Because I remember that's Damon's actions earlier in the season. Like, right. I have not forgotten what a shit he is. Uh, right. And now I'm seeing that so Damon cool. is a shit. Yeah. He is he is very cool. And now he's like <laughs> seemingly joining up with the the side that I am biased toward, the Viserys yeah. Rhaenyra side. Yeah, but uh And I think I don't broadly know. speaking the show treats them as I think the show is treating Team Black uh as the protagonist broadly I think speaking. So. That that might change yeah. and there, there might be you know, just in the same way that we really hated Lannisters and really loved the Starks. We all really like Tyrion. You know, Tyrion mm-hmm. was all right in our book. I, th- I think that there might be some places where we can carve out exceptions for people that seem to be, you know, really cool or really honorable or whatever from our chosen. But I think it's another thing that's driving the rivalry and the fandom, which is a very real thing. It continues to brew and rage, and I, I love it. I love it. Uh, this show knows how to generate fucking heat, man, when it turn- comes to villains and, and, and rooting interests. But like, I think that's one of the reasons that that's particularly driving the frustrations of the Greens is that it that it shows the show feels like they're uh, uh, not on their side, and I think that's actual fact. I think the show is broadly speaking on Team Black side, and yeah, that's oh, yeah. gotta suck. Yeah, can we all just agree that Otto is the true villain of this story? I yeah, I I, I yeah, I I would give uh, Otto uh, the chief villain at this point. Okay, cool. Um, so three eggs come out of this, uh, this, he, he gets a clutch of three eggs. Uh, I don't know even what to call this, a, a dragon egg sack, I guess. Yeah. The books um, refer to them as a clutch. It's always called, there's a clutch of dragon eggs. And I guess this is what a clutch looks like. Oh, that's a word for the actual, mm-hmm. uh, object. Okay. Uh, I thought that was like a, like you would call a bunch of fish, a school of fish or something like a clutch. Oh, I of think it is. Just I, I means think it, multiple eggs. Isn't it like, like is that what is when, when turtles, well, like, like any kind of reptile lays eggs, it's called a clutch. Like okay. I think birds are a nests regardless of whether they're, you know, in the yeah. tree or not. But, uh, but, uh, lizards and, and whatnot lay, lay, uh, lay clutches of eggs. I think that's right. how it works. Uh, uh, yeah. So I mean, is three a significant number in dragon egg terms? Well, so like I, I mentioned this on a, a, a lore portion of the Maester's Corner that there's this kind of like quasi mystery. Um, it's very low impact, but it's it is a mystery. Mm-hmm. Um, the of where did Danny's eggs come from? Where did her three eggs come from? These fossilized eggs, and there's lots of different. Um, I think the leading candidate is Dreamfire, which uh, I think we've seen in the show, but just once, and they haven't established like who's the dragon rider of it yet, and all that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. the the leading contender is there because they noticed they conspicuously laid a a, a clutch of three 
then went missing and then the peer the, the the model of what we think dreamfire looks like looks a lot like drogon and his brothers uh but i wonder if the show's got a, something different in mind because you know when i think of a clutch of three eggs and it seems like that this is notable like damon's like three eggs can you fucking believe it not one or yeah. two but three uh <laughs> he does channel some gary oldman fifth element energy <laughs> Uh, I, I think that they're kind of underlying that. So it might be the show's kind of fun way of uh, throwing their hat in a ring uh, for Danny's egg speculation. Or maybe they're keeping it super, super mysterious for George to clarify later on. Yeah, could be. Um, and these are Cyrax's eggs as well. Yes, So which is Rhaenyra's, Rhaenyra's dragon. dragon. I do wonder why they harvest them. Because it seems like in the clutch, they, they're kept naturally warm. There's some kind of like steam... Mm-hmm. Uh, that's released when the, and he's like, take these and put them in the warming chambers. Maybe it's just that that's a, a better system, a more sure system. But uh, yeah, could be. Think there's any uh, predators that eat dragon eggs? I would scavenge the dragons themselves. That... Maybe like you know, another dragon goes and oh, raids yeah. a clutch and eats it. But like, I wouldn't think so. Yeah, probably not. All right, Jace is learning High Valerian and going overboard with the study regimen. Damon shows Rhaenyra the note from Bela, which says that Vaymond is contesting Lucerus as the heir to Driftmark, and Rhaenys is joining Vaymond um, when it will be decided, but it's not looking good. Uh, Damon and Rhaenyra decide to go to King's Landing to try and head off Vaymond's play. Yeah. Yep. Um, I like that they show like very efficiently that Damon and Rhaenyra are like very simpatico. Like he's, you know, she immediately grasped the meaning of this. Mm-hmm. They're completely aligned in what they should do and what they need to do. Um, yeah, it's cool. And I like Jace taking like they're really showing a contrast between Aegon, who has the name of the Conqueror, versus Jaceris, uh, which who is extremely studious and taking this seriously. Like he um, yeah. is is trying to diffuse the situation instead of piling on later on. You know, he's trying to learn High Valerian because he thinks that's what kings do. Like he's he's taking this shit seriously in a way that even not Rhaenyra took like this seriously when she was his age. So mm-hmm. I think it's another way the show is kind of putting her thumb on the black scale because you want Aegon, you want this Aegon on the throne, you want the the High King rapist to be on the Iron Throne. I don't. I sure don't. But, right. Um, yeah. Yeah. And there's a little bit of, you know, uh, brains versus brawn thing happening, too, with Amond and Jace. Uh, I feel like that could be important later on if we if we, you know, go ahead another 10, 20 years, whatever in this story uh, and Jace keeps up his studies. How does he use that to combat Amond's mm. physical prowess and and what the bloodlust? Yeah, I, I don't know what I, I he's got, got. He's crazy. <laughs> Between reading the books and watching the show, I feel like the Aemon is the closest thing we've got to, like, the true steel, you know, uh, that would true make a fine. Steel. He's He's got everything. He's got, you know, he's thoughtful. Uh, he's skilled to blade. He's ambitious. Um, it's just that he got his head full of gobbledygook by his. And he, well, he's he's his, hmm, his okay. order of birth is all whack. And he got a bunch of gobbledygook poured into his head by his mother. But like of all the people out here that could be like. I feel like Eamon is one hmm. of the better ones, I, but I don't know. I've, I've he's not also seen any a bit like, of a bully. Yeah, I've not seen any actual like intelligence from him yet. All I've seen is intimidation and, um, you know, the the phys- both the physical and the mm. the bullying, like you said. Yeah, I guess I was interpreting his uh, gambit with uh, Vagar as intelligence, but that's maybe more cunning. 
Yeah, I was just interpreting it as a kid who didn't didn't really real didn't realize how significant his actions were there. He just wanted a fucking dragon, right? Like everybody's making fun of me for not having a dragon. I'm there's a dragon up for grabs. I'm gonna go grab it. Not because mm. I think this is like some play for twenty years down the line when I'm gonna have the biggest dragon and be a threat to the throne or whatever. It was just like I don't have a dragon, I want one, go get it. But there yeah, could be more. I, I, I don't know if it's like cunning or nerve or what, but like you compare like Jace um learning to master his dragon who mm-hmm. is like, you know, the size of what, a Great Dane or something, and he's clearly intimidated and he's hesitating with his Valerian commands versus Aemon who confidently yeah. goes up there. And if he had, if he had done if he'd have given a Jace performance, uh-huh. roasted. Totally. <laughs> roasted and eaten. And they're not it'll yeah. be like, Jesus Christ, did he just walk off into the what happened to him? He's gone. So like I, I don't know it says something about him but mm-hmm. maybe I'm maybe I'm just yeah, trying to throw a bone to the greens here because <laughs> I I don't hate Aemon I I feel like I under like Aemon feels like Ender from Ender's Game to me. Jeez, you know? I don't know how you can look at Aemon to not hate him. But all right, <laughs> he's just got one of those faces, man. <laughs> <laughs> he does have an unfortunate off-putting face. I will say that. Yeah, you know it was kind of weird to the, me that Crispin he... Glover weird weirdo face. Yeah, it's strange that he looks like he does and Jace looks like he does, given what they looked like when they were five years younger or whatever. I would hmm. have thought that they would be exactly the opposite, that the Jace would have grown up to look like Aemond looks huh. and vice Interesting. versa. Interesting. I was actually surprised at how relatively good looking Aegon turned out. You know, he goes from Mike from Stranger Things to like, you know, <laughs> that's what I mean. Yeah, I- Chad, King Chad, first of his name, right? Yeah, dumpster no. fire human being, but he's good looking. Uh huh. No, no, no offense to to Finn, but yeah, it's I expected uh, Mike Targaryen to grow up looking like Aemon looks, but mm-hmm. except with an extra eye. Uh, yeah. Um, I, oh, I, we I should was also. Tra- Sorry. I forgot. I don't think we established a time jump. Like I think that the first right. scene there establishes as a six year. Um, which I know has a lot of people's heads spinning and Rhaenyra has punched out another two kids and she's got mm-hmm. another one on the way. But but yeah, this is uh, do you let me ask you this. Do you foresee other time jumps? Um, Big ones? I, yeah, you know what? I, I think I was thinking about this last night and I think we've got like a bunch of players in their places now but I think there's another generation of players who are just a little too young to really matter much mm. um, so I think we do have to jump forward significantly at some point and maybe it'll happen you know all at once and we'll just do like one big 10 year time jump or maybe it'll happen gradually with a few time jumps or over the course right. of two more seasons but yeah I, I think it can't just be a battle between Aemon and Dagon, or Aemon and Dagon, Aemon and Daemon. Fuck these names. Uh, <laughs> so it, they have to like grow these kids up, especially Jace. I think Jace is too young to really like have an effect on the story still. Yeah, I think it's hilarious because I think about the like the Ralph Bashke Lord of the Rings adaptations and people being confused over Sauron and Saruman and. Oh, that's you know, child's Ralph, play compared Ralph to Bashke this. Ralph changes it to Saruman, to Aromon. But, like, this is, like, literally, like, we got two fuckers looking named Aegon, and they're on the exact opposite sides of the battlefield. Yeah. Deal. 
deal with it. Yeah, we got a Rainus and Raina and Rhaenyra. Yeah, we got a Damon and a Vaymond and an Aemon. And a, it's like it's like it's it's right. crazy. But it's like I can see that's one of the I guess that's one of the first things that Condal and Sapochnik like came to grips with. It's like, are we actually going to do this? Or are we going to start changing names? Or like, we gotta have to. I mean, we're just going to have to keep the names. And and it doesn't help. That I bet it the works. Family tree is so complex too. Like in Lord of the Rings, sure. Saruman and Sauron is easy to distinguish between because they're on one's different a burning sides. Eye and one's an old man and all white. Yeah, yeah, they're exactly. Very... Super visually distinct, but also they're uh-huh. not related in any real way. But like this, like everybody's related. You've got people who look, and this is the other thing, they look exactly like you would think the other side of this equation would look in a lot of cases. And it's just so confusing. It is so confusing. Yeah, you're like, okay, Rhaenyra's kids all look like brown-haired strong boys. I got it. And now the Uh new next generation of her and Damon's kids are literally the epitome of Targaryens. Yeah, And they look just like, you know, Jay, or just like uh, Aemond and Aegon. So, Uh uh-huh. Yeah, two Aegons, both with blonde hair, different sides. It's fucking confusing. Uh, but we'll we'll muddle through mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, all right, let's go over to Rhaenyra arriving at King's Landing. She's greeted by essentially no one, uh, just as Otto instructed. The castle looks a lot different in her eyes. Lots of Faith of the Seven imagery. Yeah, completely been uh, de-terrigonized. Um Mm-hmm. And I think it is significant that Lord Caswell, uh, you know, he's the he's the one Lord to offer timid support to her. Uh, congratulations uh, to her when she was doing her, uh, you know, f- walk of blood through the Red Keep to present her baby to the queen as commanded. Um, that he's yeah. the only one and kind of like mortified that this is a huge breach of etiquette. Um, yeah. Eh, he's just a brown noser. That guy just yeah. knows that, look, I've seen Viserys. He's on his way out, and I'm going to suck up to the air here. You got to wonder, but, like, why is he the only one? Like, I think that you're supposed to Otto, take from this that, like, yeah, Otto, but even still, like, I think you're supposed to understand that, like, the vote against women on the Iron Throne in the Great Council of, like, 101, and that's, like, 20 years ago, uh, was 20 to 1 in favor of the man versus the woman. I think you're supposed to understand that, like, Otto could do what he wanted, but there's enough lords and ladies at court that if they thought that was wrong, that they could, you know, come out and and see. But like Rhaenyra really has no friends. I think they're showing that she has like no friends at court. Makes a lot of sense. There's still lots of hot D left to talk about. We'll be right back after the break. And now back to hot D. Um, And also, this is kind of a callback, you know, where Corliss did this to Viserys, right? When he was proposing a marriage alliance. Yeah, and I, I kind of feel like they did that just to show what a breach of that. Yeah, just, you know, that that everyone should know better. Yeah. Yeah, this is a huge snub. All right, we go over to the small council meeting where everyone except for Beesbury seems to be willing to ignore Lucerus's claim as heir to Driftmark. But there will be an official petition the next day. Uh, Allison leaves to greet Rhaenyra, but she gets sidetracked by news that there has been an incident with Aegon. So I think there's a misdirection here. Uh, when she's talking about meeting her guest, she's talking about Vaymond. And when Otto says, I trust that they've been greeted as befits their station and like uh, the the Lord Commander kind of looks uneasy and says, yes, I think it's because they have gone all out to greet. And you see that Vaymond comes in with this fanfare and this honor guard and all this other stuff. 
I think this just goes hmm. to show, further show you that this is a deliberate snub that the Lord Commander is kind of like uneasy with. Like it's just on the threshold of treason to like treat the heir of the throne this badly. <laughs> yeah. It's a point five on the treason scale. Yeah, but he's the hand, so he speaks with the authority of the king. And mm-hmm. as we've seen in this episode, the king can always like get get out of bed and and uh, put his his king pants on and belay all this shit. So like, I, but I, that's yeah. what I, what I got uh, huh. when I first watched okay. it. I thought that they were talking about Rhaenyra. But the timing of everything, it seems more that they I, in fact, I think everyone's kind of surprised too. maybe that Damon and Rhaenyra are here because it's not like they were sent yeah. ravens and be like, hey, I uh, just want you to know that your uh, your lineage is going to be questioned and the uh, 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 mm-hmm. and the bequeathing of Driftmark is going to be questioned, and all that stuff. It's like, nah, this is some secret shit. No, my idea is like, OK, so Bela sent them the message because Bela didn't you know, want this stuff to happen. Cause she's leal. She's uh-huh. leal for her father. And, uh, they said, okay, well, we're going to go to King's landing. I don't think they necessarily told anyone they were going to show up. And so it, I, I don't know if Otto has like lookouts realizing, Hey, they're, they're inbound on their ship or whatever, but, mm. or has spies over there to, uh, to tell him stuff. But yeah, he finds out, he says, nobody go out to greet them. And then when they, when he says like, were they, greeted in the manner befitting their stature uh in that small council meeting allison's like oh what they're here and then she says i gotta go greet them because she does she does go visit rhaenyra and damon in the king's chambers like, right immediately as far as i can tell after dealing with the Aegon situation so yeah. i don't know um yeah, I mean, Veyman's going to get his introduction regardless. Yeah, yeah. But. I don't know. It's, it's, it's a, that's a, I, I think that's a valid way to interpret it, too. Um, but mm-hmm. I think there's you could look at it both ways, and both are kind of interesting. True. The other thing I think you're supposed to notice here is that Rhaenyra doesn't have very many friends on a small council. In fact, yeah. it seems only one person, Lord Beesbury, is, biz, is, is bothered at all the fact that they're trying to strip this kid of his rights mm-hmm. and also seems hilariously ignorant. Because he's like, oh, what possible pretext could you strip Jacer and and or Lucerus and Indeed. and uh, Tylen's like, yes, what or what was it, um, or was it Jasper Wilde, the new master of laws? Like, yeah, what, yeah, what pretext? Mm-hmm. Indeed, like they can't believe that this guy is fucking <laughs> blind, you know? Yeah, yeah, and they just have to wait until the the king dies to actually say it, say it, right? Seems like it, yeah. Otherwise, it's treason. Uh, yeah, and, and I mean, you're supposed to take away from this, obviously, that Alicent is is sitting on the throne in Viserys' absence, because um, we'll see later he's off in terrible shape drinking milk of the poppy. Actually leading the sessions. I think that's slight breach of etiquette, that it should be the hand there. And oh, the queen really? could be sitting. Huh. Yeah, I think so, because I don't think the okay. queen rules shit. I really think it's the hand is the one who speaks with the king's authority when the king's indisposed. Huh. Do they not have anything but... like that at... At Driftmark or or I guess High Tide, because um, Rainus sits on that throne in the absence True. of Corliss. Yeah, I think it'd be like it should be the eldest son because you know you saw like uh, or whoever the eldest uh, son that sits because like even Bran sat the well Winterfell that's a problem point <laughs> right the eldest son uh, I'm not sure yeah I'm not sure because ev- every great house has a maester I wonder if like. 
if you would appoint the maester as like a, a, a kind of regent, because the maesters are supposed to be completely leal to their lords. They're not supposed to, you know, advance their own interest or whatnot. It's supposed to, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're supposed to be an impartial advisor uh, to to give their lord the best guidance that they possibly can from their training of the citadel. So they'd be yeah. kind of be ideal, but like I'm not, I don't, know, I don't know. I've not, I'm, I can't remember anything in my head from the lore that would say that a, a, a maester ever. So like I, yeah, I don't. I think that's her sitting that Driftmark throne is unusual. But also we have um, Lady Jane from the Eerie who's doing that mm-hmm. na- even now. Like she is, you know, ruling uh, in her her Lord husband's stead. Yeah, you know. Uh, and then this is also the scene where we apparently have two Eric's. We have an Arik and an Eric, and they mm-hmm. are identical twins. Both, how, what are the odds that both of these guys would make it into the King's Guard? Identical I mean, twin brothers with almost the same name make it into the King's Guard? So you know the genetics are there for them to be a good warrior. Sure. So I guess it's like sure. ambition. Like you know, you don't need you. You, you know, I, that, that's a good. That, that is kind of a good question. Like yeah, there's only like, like is what seven Kingsguard, twelve of them. I don't know how many yeah. there are, but not so like many. One of the it's twins. The odds, one of the man. twins is the top seven swordsman in the kingdom. What is the what 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 is the odds that they'd be six and seven instead of like six and fourteen or something? Right. Right. Good question. Or the one got like a little too wrapped up with with girls or something and didn't study or train as hard. (laughs) Yeah. And the other became seven. And then eh, sorry. I wonder if it's something that like all else being equal, they shouldn't. But like the king's kind of like, come on, twin king's guards. That's kind of (laughs) cool. How cool. Right. I promise I'll never be in the same room. (laughs) (laughs) Just think of the practical jokes, Allison. Come on. Come on, right. let me have this one. I let you have Cole, and he murdered that guy. I uh-huh. want to have identical twin kings guards. <laughs> I want hijinks. I want yeah. I want I want to film a movie called The King's Guard Trap. Uh, I'm sure yeah. that's what Viserys was thinking over these last five years as his body was rotting away on, from underneath him. Well, <laughs> think he, of the he obviously has been neglecting his model. He needs he needs a new hobby. He needs a Fair. new hobby. Fair. Uh, all right, let's go to Rhaenyra and Damon visiting Viserys in his bed. He is in terrible shape. Uh, Damon tells him about the petition regarding the Driftmark heir and asks him to reaffirm his position on Lucerys. He seems pretty out of it. I'm not even sure he understands what Damon's saying. Then he's yeah. introduced to his newest children, Aegon and Viserys, and the king's head hurts, so they give him his tea. Uh, his everything hurts. I I, yeah. I I mentioned that like he must stink so bad mm-hmm. with all these bed sores and like literal rotting and like people a lot of people point out in the instant talk that like there is just massive amounts of incense burning in his room at all time to try yes. to cover that smell. Um, so I mean, look at his teeth, man. I, I can understand why oh. he's in pain. Like my god, I like I've had a wisdom tooth crack in half one time. And I couldn't get to the dentist for a few days because it was a weekend and I was in extreme pain for multiple yeah, days. pains, some of the worst. And I I didn't look like Lucerus, I don't think, or sorry, like mm-hmm. uh, Viserys, I don't think, but I did feel like him. I was mm-hmm. just sitting on my couch moaning. Ugh, uh, I wish I had milk of the poppy. 
I tell you what, that's one of the things that you read a lot of people's journals from like the olden days. Uh, even you're talking, about, I'm talking about like yeah. 200 years ago and on, and like a, a, a crazy amount of their entries is just the near constant pain from their teeth that they're having because mm-hmm. they didn't have toothbrushes and fluoride and dental floss. Yeah. And effective dentistry. So, yeah, like it must have been just everything. And then they, they like I thought uh, Patty did a really good job of just showing just like how much constant pain he's in all the time. And he's just like swimming through mm-hmm. this milk of poppy. They talk about Lord Corliss perhaps dying. And then two sentences later, he's like, you know, uh, he, he's they catch him up on the stepstones. And it's like Lord Corliss. And he's like, wait, well, something happened to Lord Corliss. He's clearly kind of in and out. I don't think from a mental decline but from the drugs he's on and just from the pain yeah. he's under um but the one the, the one constant is like he is delighted to meet his grandchildren uh-huh. like he kind of perks up and smiles for like you know 10 seconds really you could tell it really charmed him that she named one of her sons after him he's like oh yeah. there's a name befitting a king and but then you know the pain comes back and it's it's the kids start crying and it's it's and he's very apologetic i i don't know mm-hmm. i just i i can't not like this guy Oh, no, he's awesome uh, in these scenes. And then he's you're great. supposed to. I what? So what's your reading on the cup, the lealness the, of the, the tea that they're they're making the king? Because I just I, kept on I looking at Damon. Yeah. Him sniffing that cup and really just huffing it deep. Uh, I don't think sure Damon it does that. It it's just milk of the poppy because he's got to know what that smells like. And he would not be shocked that the king in this condition would probably be being on that. Or maybe he is. Maybe that's the thing. He's like, you guys are keeping him on this to dull him and make sure he doesn't know what's going I, on. I think that's it. Yeah. I, I think Damon sniffs this. He goes, that's milk of the poppy. But if he's on this all the time, mm. then he's useless as a king. Uh, it, I, on second watch, did not see any signs of poisoning here. Yeah, because I think that that's like they're hurling accusations at Allison's. And if he thought that there was actual poison in that cup, like the widow's tears or something, I think he'd yeah. be like, you're fucking poisoning my brother, yo. <laughs> right. Like he's not shy about speaking his mind. No, he's a little bit more than people. He's a little bit more diplomatic after eight episodes, but not that, that diplomatic. Right. Nope. I think it's just milk of the poppy, but it's the fact that he's on it all the time and probably a lot of it. Mm hmm. All right, let's move over to Queen Allison dealing with Diana, who has apparently been raped by Aegon. She asks her who she's told. Diana promises not to say anything else. And then Allison gives her some gold and some tea to drink, which I do not think is just moon tea. This is the cup that's laced, in my Dude. opinion. Dude. We're on an island because I listened to because I was curious about this. What? I was I listened to several of our competition and uh, colleagues and they certainly consider the idea, but they dismiss it because like, oh, well, why would you give her gold? Why would you make sure? She, but like to, to, I to lull think, her into a false sense of security so she'll drink the thing and be poisoned to death. Well, also, if you pay attention to the dialogue. When the when the girl says, please, 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 I promise I won't tell anyone else. She says, I know you won't. Mm-hmm. She gives her the cup and says, it's best to be certain. Hmm. That has to connect to the line of I know you won't. Yeah. And then you have to like the fact that she's gone missing in the castle and it's noted in this episode. I mm-hmm. I was actually surprised that I seem that we're in a minority opinion here. But I think that That's wild. That Allison's deliberately murdering this girl to make sure that she can't say anything about Aegon in public. Um, yeah. 
I mean, it's been five and, years with, with, and of course she would get because like what like of course she's going to give her gold and 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 make her thing it's moon tea so she drinks it and there's no muss no fuss like exactly, I don't think yeah. Alicent is uh, particularly cruel uh, she's she's but I I don't know like I I feel more and I don't think the show will ever confirm or deny it maybe they will maybe they won't but like I feel pretty confident that yes you're supposed to. That it's at least a defensible position to think that Allison has poisoned this girl and we'll never see her again. Yeah. I think five years of Laris's influence could make you do some things that are less. Yeah, like in for a penny, in for a pound, kind of, right? Yeah. Um, I could be wrong. And and this is just a terrible position for her to be in because, like, the the, the thing that's so great in uh, Olivia Cook does all this so well is that Allison gets it. Like, this is essentially her. You know, she could have been in this position mm-hmm. and Allison's doing and saying all the things that you would want to be told if you were in a position of that uh, poor Diana here. Um, but then she does the she starts the the fucking, you know, bullshit where she's like, well, sure, I believe you, child hugs her. But think about everybody else. Oh, mm-hmm. you're you're the only one here in the prince. And, you know, a lot of people are going to hear that and think that, uh, you know, maybe you were complicit, maybe even let him on. And, whoa, don't want, we don't want that to happen, right? Because we know what happened to girls who, you know, talk that kind of talk. Like, it's really fucking sick. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, like the I said, I think she scenario. kills the girl. So, like, it's, right. it's uh, Allison is a real study in uh, religious fervor and hypocrisy. Mm-hmm. Um, and she kind of wraps herself around it like a cloak, like, you know, when she's going to be later talking to Rain, uh, and Damon and she's like, oh, you know, of course, I'll be speaking for the interest of me and my father. But you can be get, you can be sure that the faith of the seven guides me. I don't know where the mother's mercy is in this room. <laughs> I don't know where the maiden is looking af- after his poor servant girl. You know, I can't see nothing but the stranger. So, yeah. Yeah, and then we kind of have like a two-part scene here where then Allison goes to Aegon. She's furious. She slaps him, says he's no son of hers. And then, uh, like we mentioned, Helena asks if they've seen Diana because she has not been around. So did you, we kind of like went back and forth about how often we thought, like, was this the first time that this had happened? Has this been something that's become somewhat of a habit? Did you, cause, yeah. cause I, I had, I got more data on subsequent watches. Have you come to a con- the same conclusion, different conclusion? What are you thinking? I'm thinking it might be a pattern. I mean, she says, yeah. how can you keep carrying on like this, especially on a day line. like today? And I, how can you keep carrying on like this? And I don't, I don't think that's just, what you, you say. Know, other incidents of him jacking it out the window or something, but but do you see like so let's say like the progression is jacking it out the window, pinching a servant's girl's butt, rape. Do you say mm-hmm. that that last one is like carrying on like this, or is that like a <laughs> a brand yeah. new fucking low for someone to get to? Because I feel like it's the latter, and the way she says keep I, carrying I on like it. this, I think that this isn't the first handmade that has to and also has I was looking over Taylor's face who's the servant 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 girl who later reports to the Mysteria mm-hmm. she's giving a lot of like this uh, but that that I mean I mean I, I could see a head servant girl in her position just making these faces because this is just a terrible situation from every angle but I felt like there's a little bit of more like oh you dead girl type of spice yeah. to it too yeah and, and you know like I said in the instant take when when she calls for the tea and the gold it's just kind of right there um, 
as if this is something that has happened before and this is kind of right. a go-to move. Here's the gold, here's the tea. Yeah. yeah. Maybe that's true, maybe it's not. But yeah, I was definitely getting like, this is a pattern with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she seems to be taking still that hard line, you know, with him, like trying to just, I don't know, anger and berate him into flying uh, on the straight and narrow here, but he is not working. Time, time tested and, and failed, uh, mostly failed pattern of mothers and, and, and sons that just right. try to nag them into being shame and guilt people. will only get you so far. And then, sure, sure. And then they learn like, Oh, this is it. A slap and some shame. I can keep you. I can, <laughs> I can deal with a lot of that. Uh, right. I think it's, um, it's so interesting. The inversion they're doing here where like Rhaenyra has actual bastard children, that are everyone would say that these are monstrous, but they're actually good kids. And mm-hmm. Allison and also Rhaenyra, who doesn't really give a shit about morality and what people think about her. Allison, who cares very deeply about her faith and what people think about her, has kids of impeccable birthright, but they're all gone to shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's dis- and she's disowning them in private. Yeah. Versus disown being disowned in public. I, I think there's some really interesting, you know, light and dark contrast going on here. Yeah, and especially when she says, you know, I I only care about what other people think. Um, And then you see Jay saying, you know, it doesn't matter what other people think. There is definitely contrast they're they're drawing between the two sides here. He reminds me a lot when he said that of Rhaenyra when he was his, because she said, oh, who gives a shit what people think, you know? Yeah. And Damon is there to, like, laugh up his sleeve. No one is there to laugh (laughs) at at, uh, Jace's ignorance, arrogance, and naivete. Yeah, which I... I would say is why Allison Otto, Team Green, whatever you want, uh, feels like, aside from this like insanely miraculous setback for them, is broadly winning so far. Yes. Uh, I, 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 yeah. Like this episode with Viserys getting out of bed, like you can't foresee that happening. It's a crazy Hail Mary that works, but like it just kind of staves off disaster for t- Team Black, right? Yeah. No, and I mean, I don't think Green is great strategist. I think that they, like, you know, we mentioned there's a 20 to 1 advantage in team man should sit the throne uh, versus woman should inherit the throne just inbuilt. Like, the Greens have that massive home field advantage. So Mm -hmm. the Blacks have to play perfectly and the Greens have to make a couple mistakes. And I think they make a big one, but, like, is it enough to erode that, like, lords and ladies 20 to 1 advantage in, in opinion? I, I don't know. It's not even a mistake on their part, right? Like, this would have gone down exactly how they wanted it to had yes. Viserys not – had Rhaenyra not showed up and talked Viserys into helping her out. Yeah. And I, I, I don't even know they thought that that was possible. Down. Like, literally right. possible right. that he does get, – gets, gets out and does this. No, how could they? I mean, look at the man. <laughs> right. Right. So yeah, not a mistake, but wow, uh, what a save from Team Black. All right, Allison welcomes Rhaenyra and Damon back to King's Landing, and they question what's been going on with Viserys and the petition to determine the Driftmark heir after it's already been decided. Um. And yeah, there, it there's there's a lot of animosity here still, even though I think Allison is trying to bury a lot of that. I'm torn on Allison in this episode, right? Because she's killing servant girls who have just been raped by her son. Allegedly Uh, killing, not allegedly raping. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Allegedly killing. I'm going with killing. Uh, Okay. (laughs) Sorry. She gets judged for that. Um, 
until next episode where she diana just shows back up then then we'll talk i'm fine Uh, i'm fine actually (laughs) right uh but then she does seem like she genuinely wants to patch things up and she doesn't it doesn't feel like she thinks it was right to snub them when they got here i feel like she is she's caught in the middle and she's not totally on board with discarding luke as the heir yes because you can see in those council meetings she's the stopper right when it comes when it comes to actually doing the deed, she's getting cold feet because she I think she does believe at some level. I, I think I think a couple things happen. Um, I think she is genuinely pious and devout, pious and devout um, mm-hmm. when it comes to the faith of the seven. And it's got to bother her the way Aegon is is behaving. Sure. Um, and she's becoming clear to her that she he's not outgrowing this. <laughs> yeah. And the fact that, you know, she is right and that these are bastards. But like, is it e- any better to put egg on in the throne? She's got to be having some severe doubt about that. And just like how underhanded this is. This is not right. any the way the, the way the faith of the seven, which is trust in the gods. They can fight their own battles. You know, they don't need people here like putting their thumbs on a scale of justice here and there. Like how 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 foolish and, and crazy that would be from a person of faith's perspective. And yet this is what Alicent is doing. I think mm-hmm. she's genuinely bothered. And I, I love the way she plays it here with uh, our, uh, Rhaenyra and, and Damon. Like she plays it perfect. She doesn't say yeah. like if there was recording, she could be heaping scorn and saying bastard this bastard that. But she knows she's got the power. She's in the mm-hmm. driver's seat. All she can do is say things that would hurt her and help them. So she just says 100%. If there's a recording device in this room, not a lord or lady would find anything that she said wrong. But yeah. she also is clearly signaling that, yes, we are self-interested and we are not leal and we are going to fuck you over and there's nothing you can uh-huh. do about it. And it's got to be infuriating. Damon and Rainier would rather her be saying bastard this, whore that. But mm-hmm. she's not giving him anything. Yeah. It, they, Damon's trying. They're both kind of trying to needle her. And she's playing it oh, perfect. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, Damon wants to probably chop most of her head off, too, if he could. Sure. Right? Uh, the, he, he's just thinking, say it. Say it. And I also think that she's like, I don't think it's 100% that they're keeping the king on the poppy because they want him addled and out of the picture. Mm-hmm. Um, when she says you should see him without the, I think because we did see him without his medicine he's just racked in yeah. pain and crying constantly like and yeah, then died, I, I don't so <laughs> yeah and, and it's not like they were trying to keep the king you know before this latest condition it's like you know he was still doing his duties and showing up to the small council and whatnot so like I don't think that Otto and Allison are this devious they are taking advantage of every situation but yes <sighs> this has been one of the things like yeah I don't I don't believe they're actively poisoning the king Mm-hmm. I don't. Maybe, I, yeah, I don't. I don't think that's what the show is trying to tell. I, I agree. They're, they're telling the story of a man who is in extreme pain, needs the milk of the poppy just to survive. And they're obliging him maybe a little too eagerly because it gets him yeah. out of the way and puts them into yeah. this the seat of power. But I don't think they're actually force feeding it to him. You know, like um, it's it's when Viserys says, yeah, I don't want any milk of the poppy. Just arrange the supper. Otto isn't right. like, oh, but my liege, shouldn't you yes. shouldn't you be taking milk of the poppy? What think of uh-huh. the think of the children? Think of. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. He doesn't try and force it on him. He's just like, OK, he's uh, that's the thing. It's like, I feel like he's kind of the Allison that he's always trying to find that line. Like, you know, when yeah. they were going around talking about like, hey, should I marry Lena? Like even Otto at the top of his, you know, being being uh, unleal 
couldn't bring himself to just out and out give the king bad advice. He's like, mm-hmm. ah, nah, that proposal has merit. Sure. He couldn't, you know, I, I think that they both are much more comfortable working in the gray area than directly transgressing law and king's will and things like that. I don't <laughs> know if that'll always be. Let's not forget he's already been caught and called and fired for that sure. once. So he's sure. probably on his toes with that stuff, walking yeah. as best he can, making it look like he's walking the straight and narrow here. Because mm. yeah, always I mean, for his it, next meal. I, I would assume any sign of disloyalty, Viserys would just be like, "All right, you're out again, buddy. I can find another hand." Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we'll we'll see. Uh, he still has the sex tapestries too. That's important. We got to keep track of those tapestries. <laughs> the tapestries made it to King's Landing. Yeah, yeah, and he's that's the one thing is like you put up this faith is seven shit, but in my room, and mm-hmm. I, I want my model, and I want my jerkatorium <laughs> intact, unspoiled. Okay, as long unattainted. as I have a hand, unattainted, Allison. Yeah. There's still lots of hot D to talk about. We'll be back right after the break. And now back to hot D. All right, Jace and Luke get a lot of stares when they reminisce in the combat training yard. They watch Eamon defeat Kristen Cole, and then Veyman arrives. They have obviously not been here in a long time. Everybody's looking at them like they are completely out of place here, right? Not just, oh, here come the bastards again to train. It's like they haven't trained in ages. And I wonder if they decided to stop training because of everything that went down with the other kids, or was it ordered by... Rhaenyra after what happened with Harwin. Um, yeah, I think Rhaenyra just fucked off the Dragonstone and that's kind of like the lords and ladies know about it and they're like, oh my God, look, they're oh, back. What could yeah, they possibly right. be Never back mind. for? You know, like, yeah. Of course, they haven't been here. So how could they train here? Yeah. We got a, we, we got treated to the brothers Cargill, the identical twins sparring in the background. And I wondered if they had, that, the oh, one actor that they, I just know that Eric's, it was the Eric, yeah, and, Eric, 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 right? Eric and Eric Cargill. Uh-huh. Uh, and I wondered if that was one guy playing like because I thought in the background that might have looked like they CGI mirrored them or something. But no, these are hmm. played by real life twins, which, of course, they would be. Why would you why? Why would you ever do that unless you're trying to Ewan McGregor Fargo season three something right um, for for some kind of Emmy stunt? But like um, it's funny that like in the, the, the yeah, I, I kind of took that as an effect and it. But it's actually real life. Um, I thought that was interesting. And also like they're they are setting up, I think, a very real paper rock scissors thing where it's like we know that Cole can beat Damon and now the Eamon can beat Cole. Does that mean that Eamon can beat Damon? Of course, that was also 20 years ago. Things have changed. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that that's was like an that's, official tournament. Yeah. Yeah. That like this guy, you know, that these guys are old rivals and, you know, uh, it's it's a Cobra Kai situation where you've got these guys, you know, are, are they, there's an intermediary to resolve their beef. Who's yeah. the master Miyagi in this? <laughs> um, I had to be Kristen Cole, right? I mean, he's the big sweep in the leg guy, though. So, like, I feel yeah, like the, like yeah. it's probably sacrilege. They're both they're both Cobra Kai. Okay. Yeah, there is sure. no there is no Miyagi. Miyagi got got beheaded uh, 21 years ago, uh, and he he he, was, he could have put a stop to all this, but he was keeping it too yeah. leal, and he pissed the wrong people off. Maybe maybe the Lord Commander, the the King's Guard, is the Mister Miyagi. The Miyagi, yeah. What's his name? I can't remember. Oh, Lord Commander uh, Harold Westerling. 
Harold Westerling. Okay. I'll forget that next episode again. Uh, That's why you got me here. Nice. All right, let's go over to Otto and Vaymond trying to convince Allison to name, uh, I guess, Vaymond heir to Driftmark instead of Luke. Or, or Bela? Who, who is he trying to get them to name heir to Driftmark? It's him, right? Because later him. in... Yes. In the actual petition, he said that's why I should be. Yeah. Yeah. He wants to. He he wants to go. Uh, which I. It would be, uh, but I guess in his mind, because he, I, I guess he doesn't truck with the female succession. Right. And so it goes back. Uh, so up Damon, the line to him. Damon yeah. is not good. They, you know, so he wants he wants to essentially uh, have the claims of the strong boys set aside so that he can. It, then it would go mm-hmm. back up and oh yep, yeah, this right. is the second son. He would uh, inherit. I guess the third son. Sure, um, it makes a certain amount of sense knowing you know what we know about the nature of Rhaenyra's children, I guess. But then the king has changed that game, right? Because he appointed Rhaenyra as the heir to the Iron Throne. So mm-hmm. there's a lot more wiggle room for the women of Westeros to get some power here. So yeah. why wouldn't it and go to Reyna or Bela? And honestly, reading between the lines in the books, that's what I think is it's not so much that the lords are sexist, which is they are. They absolutely are. That's a big component mm-hmm. of it. But it's also like how of, of all the hundreds of minor houses, how many daughters, first in line daughters that might be, you know, like the thing about Arya, Arya Stark types. That's like, you know, I could fucking do this better than my dumbass younger brother. Yeah. Uh, and how many of them are like just kind of suffering in science because it's just not possible. But then you got Lady Jane, you got Rhaenyra being the queen. Like mm-hmm. this would be a sea change that like would change a lot of different is- is successions. And like, I think that makes them very nervous to like just up, up into how you do things at, at this, at this state. So again, I'm not saying it's not for sure a huge patriarchy move. Obviously it is, but I also oh, think yeah. it's more of like, Oh my God, what is this is could be a, it, any of these could be a dam breaking moment where it's like, well, if Rhaenyra takes it and this other person takes it and this and like, so where does it end, you know? And everybody, you know, is offering their their loyalties, right? Vaiman's saying, you know, the the substantial power of Driftmark would be forever grateful to you, uh, would owe you a debt if Allison chooses to name him heir. It's got to make her feel dirty, right? That's like the oh, wrong yeah. thing to be like, and, and and if you do this thing that makes you morally uncomfortable, I'll richly reward you. <laughs> yeah, right? like you can yeah, sell, like see on Allison's face. That's, that... <laughs> this doesn't make it better. Doesn't make it better, Vaymond. Hmm. Definitely not. Uh, all right, Rhaenyra tries to sway. Reyes. I will say this before we move on. This is all happening because Lord Corliss didn't set anything to pin, apparently. You know, Apparently. even though he uh, clearly wanted Luke to, to to take all this and he didn't care, like the, the fucker would not put pen to paper, even when he's going off to war. Mm-hmm. Get a will. If you got if you got kids, any kind of inheritance, get get a will. Talk to a lawyer. Get on the Internet. Get a get a form. Something. Jesus. Yeah. Don't make don't make your kids squabble and fight over this shit. Just just get it all right. Get it all. Jesus. Get it all down. Be leal to your estate, people. <laughs> yeah. All right, Rhaenyra tries to sway Rhaenys to her side in the petition hearing rather than advocating for herself to be the new Driftmark heir. Uh, Rhaenys is still very angry because she thinks Rhaenyra had Lenor killed. She, uh, Rhaenyra tries to reaffirm here that she had nothing to do with his death. A very particular choice of words there. Uh, but she says, uh, 
Rhaenyra, or sorry, Rhaena says she has to stand alone and turns down her offer. Uh, and it was a damn yeah. good offer, right? Offers to essentially make her children's children kings mm-hmm. and queens. Yeah, you will. Your your younger uh, granddaughter will retain her rights to drift mark mm-hmm. uh, with my younger son, and they'll rule, and they'll you'll keep it in the family. And, and the oldest one will be queen the oldest one will be queen of the realm. Yeah, yeah, like that's pretty fr- a fucking good offer. But Raina <laughs> yeah. sees, uh, sees that it is an offer is uh, it's, it's generous, but it's also desperate. And like she says, it doesn't matter because and, and this is the like, you're supposed to understand that, like, even if I was on your side, Otto's going to nod sagely and Allison is going to shake her head ruefully, but they're going to yeah. come up with some pretext to strip us all. Like it's Complete like, this, like, yeah. Yeah. So like, it's like, I think that Rhaenyra thinks that this is like, you know, she's playing the chess, the, the chess board here. And, you know, she thinks she's getting a queen and she's like, I'm mm-hmm. a queen that never was. I'm still a pawn. I'm a still an unpromoted pawn. Uh, I thought this is just, just a great scene. And then like, you know, that they're going to hit you with your first blow and they're going to force you to your knees. And I got to think about what I'm going to do. So if um, she thinks this is all a farce, which it definitely is, why is she even trying to put herself up for this? Why? Because I think she, she thinks there is a chance that she because that because that, she can make the same offer to Vayman does. Like, look, I'm a dragon rider, too. Mm-hmm. Also, don't forget. And I, uh, I I command the allegiance of Driftmark, which is the largest navy. Um, Vayman's, you know, kind of uh, I, I've always. I feel like Damon's Vayman's always wrong. Like I, it's not like I know the guy in detail, um, but like mm-hmm. you know, he was the one that was kind of like pissing on Damon uh, and uh, or Damon and bordering uh, on mutiny during the Stepstones battle. Yeah, yeah, and and kind of wanting to shit his pants and cut and run and all this stuff. So it's like I don't mm-hmm. think that he's. So it's like I, I think that there is a there is a world in which because like what does it matter to Otto and Allison, right? Like as long as Jace. Or I'm sorry, Luke doesn't inherit, which would tend yeah. to strengthen Rhaenyra's because like that shows that the realm is like recognizing that this is all legit and we're not going to we're not going to pretend like these kids are bastards. I think it, it helps out there. The only thing um, it could do is like we were talking about, establish maybe a pattern of women being it does do uh, that ruling. So kingdoms. that's where it's like and I think that's a stronger. So I, I think that she probably doesn't see it as much hope because you're right. That would be affirming a woman's right to inherit. Yeah, but in my mind, this is this is part of why I think she's, you know, enjoying the power that she has while sitting on this throne is because she's trying to put herself there permanently. Like if she didn't yeah. care, I think she'd be, you know, fighting for. Uh, well, I, I, I and I'm not arguing options, with I, you. I suppose. I'm not. I'm not saying that it's. It, but I'm. I'm only saying that like it's not that I think she enjoys the power. It's just she doesn't want to be fucked with. She just wants to be left yeah. alone. Okay. And is she if she has a a, a, a seat by her own right, then uh, the only one that can yeah. fuck with her is the king. Right. You know, that makes sense. Uh, I, I love the dynamics here. Right. Because like Rhaenyra is trying to get her to Rhaenys to not hate her for having her son killed because she didn't have her son killed. But she can't say that she didn't have her son killed because then she's been hiding the fact that her son has been alive for her from her for like five six years mm-hmm. and she would totally lose her support here right i mean that's another huge betrayal yeah it's not on the order of like i killed your son but it's 
still a massive betrayal. No, and that's that's the thing. It's like, sh- yeah, uh, Al- uh, Rhaenyra doesn't have any kind of wiggle room because the second that she, the fact that she has to sit and think about it 10 seconds, like, okay, how can I refute these allegations <laughs> without accidentally lying or telling the truth, but also like, and she can't. And like, that's the, like, you know, yeah. Raina sees it. Like, you're full of, even if you're say like you you are some flavor of full of shit, okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and she doesn't know. I don't think she suspects the truth, but she sees that Rainier is not being fully honest with her. So, mm-hmm. yeah, totally. All right, then Rainier goes to visit uh, Viserys that night and asks him to defend her, and he can barely respond. Uh, he thinks it's Allison, which is important later when he mistakes Allison for Rhaenyra. Yeah. Uh, this is this is a good scene. I I like her, you know, petitioning her father um, as the only person who can step in and make things right to do it. And and seeing the state that Viserys is in and knowing how unlikely that is and how painful it would be for him to even try. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then kind of and not knowing if he even understands what she's saying, right? He's so out of it. That's the thing. This reminded me so much of. Um, I guess this is such. No, nobody's going to get this, but there's a there's a there's a scene in uh, there's a scene in the final Expanse trilogy where there's a daughter making a plea to her father, who's kind of incapacitated, inca- hmm. and you're under you understand it like this is there's no fucking way it's going to happen, and then he ends up, uh, you know, f- coming through in like the most glorious way possible, and like I got the exact mm-hmm. same chills uh with this scene but yeah you're nice. supposed to you're supposed to like this is just her pissing in the wind and kind of ruining her fate that like you know you said i was supposed to unite the mm-hmm. realm but you divided it by making me the heir and now as in my most crucial battle you are completely undefended and you can't even rise from your bed but he yeah. fucking can and that's gonna be the <laughs> awesome part yeah it's gonna be incredible and also i i think uh you know, i want to talk about emma here for a bit i think that they did in this the this sequence of scenes the the the, the tent that uh, uh, Rhaenyra has with uh, Rhaenys and her meeting with her father here, and then the next scene where she starts to defend and she's like very scornful with Alicent, you know, like you know, not putting it, leaving it all in the field. I think she's doing such a great job of channeling Millie's performance, and there's oh, such yeah. a great continuity of character in their facial expression, the way they phrase things. Mm-hmm. Um, I just like I yeah like I know a lot of people this isn't working for but it's a hundred percent working for me yeah especially those dinner scenes I th- that dinner scene in this episode I think back to that small council meeting uh from an episode or two ago I think it was yeah. two uh uh-huh. where she makes the same offer right that she makes Rainus in this episode like I right. will will marry our kids and then two generations from now our house will just be one mm-hmm. that thing uh. The, the way she gets up and toasts at supper to kind of try to heal this rift uh, gave me flashbacks to those scenes because mm-hmm. they're they're very similar, right? She's been trying to heal this this rift mm-hmm. for years now. Uh, it's just fucking Otto has been in the background poisoning Allison against her. Yeah, and like I said, I think Rhaenyra was a little obtuse and and treating her friend you know like all she could see is her friends fucking her dad which is fair that's that's a hard thing to overlook when you're a teenager (laughs) yeah but like you know not about yeah like what they say to each other at the dinner scene is 
a long time coming. Like, you know, we yeah. don't want to admit it, but we are in a lot of similar positions and have a lot more in common than, than we often say. I thought that, yeah. And, and they've had those realizations before. Um, I think of that scene where Damon returns and she goes and sits with Allison as Viserys and him chat and drink in the courtyard. But like they've realized that they're very similar to each other, but they haven't like outright acknowledged yeah. it. And then in right, this scene right. they do. And I, I like that a lot. Uh, so Viserys is getting treatment from the maesters for his horrible, horrible sickness. And he tells Otto that he wants to have supper with his family that night. And he also turns down milk of the poppy. I'm just thinking, man, you are not going to make it to supper. Look at you. Can you even move? Dude, didn't, when they stand him up, like just the amount of effort and pain that's involved yeah. in that. Uh, and you can tell that Otto is starting to worry because like, you know, he's patronizing him to begin with. And he's like, yeah, I want supper. He's like, oh, my liege, it's it's but breakfast time. And he's like, no fuck wit. I want me. Uh, <laughs> right. I want you to prepare dinner tonight for my family. Yeah. I'm getting Will out of bed. Will there ever be another supper? What supper could right. I possibly be talking about? You dipshit. Yeah. Right. And, and Otto's <laughs> kind of like, huh? This is concerning. But he mm-hmm. doesn't think he still has no idea what's to, to come. But you can kind of see no. that he senses for the first time. Maybe the trap's going to spring the other way. I, mm-hmm. I, like I said, I think Otto's a complete shit. But uh, Reese. Uh, what's this guy's name? Uh, Yvonne, Reese, I, Yvonne's, I, yeah. I don't know how to say his name. He's doing such a great job of showing the wheel spin in this guy's head. Yeah. 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 No, I think he's a, a very good actor playing just a shit of a character. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Real Rasputin. Uh, and it, it's a good character. I, I don't want to say like it's a bad character. It's a well-written character. It's just, yeah, man, you don't like the guy. The show generates heat, man. Like nobody, like yeah. you really, they really, and you know that the whole blacks and greens of it is just on a whole other fucking level. It's like, it's like uh, rooting for your local fan for a sports franchise plus wrestling combined. <laughs> Speaking of, yeah, making things look bad, boy, Viserys, I, when he was in his bed, you know, with his bandaged face and in his kingly pajamas. I was like, man, he looks kind of shriveled up, uh, a little bit emaciated. But boy, when you take his clothes off and you get to see his full body, it is surely, (laughs) you know, I don't think this is what Patty Constantine looks like without clothes. No, and that's what I think that's true. But they must have done some kind of crazy visual effects on this. Yeah, they make like his hands are crazy and like how bony they are. And I I would feel like that they were. Sorry, he end. <laughs> uh, but but also like I and so I thought that they were fully CG. But like when Rhaenyra takes it into her own hand, I don't know. Maybe they're swapping an old guy and the the close up shots. But like it, it's be, whatever yeah. they're doing is seamless, and it just right. That's telling the this, thing. Telling the the story seamlessly of this guy just being a wreck of a human being, and it's just miraculous mm-hmm. that he's getting out of bed. Yeah, and they do it so great in this scene. That it just stands out to me a little bit in the supper scene when it's obviously CG. Mm. Um, and it doesn't, like I said, in the Institute, quite match up with the performance or what I would expect mm. the performance okay. of a man without a cheek and most of his his right side jaw to be. But like, huh. boy, in this scene, they nail it. I, I okay. couldn't even tell you if you had said, hey, no, he just like lost 50 pounds and we shot this a year later yeah like, he pulled a right, christian bale machinist kind of thing yeah. exactly yeah because it looks good here uh all right the succession of driftmark petition begins 
Vaymond makes the case that he should be the Lord of Driftmark because he has pure Valerian blood. Rhaenyra begins to respond, but Viserys enters the channel and struggles his way up to the throne with Daemon's help. Uh, the petitions continue with Rhaenys deciding to back Rhaenyra instead of advocating for herself. And Vaymond commits treason by calling Rhaenyra a whore and her sons bastards, so Daemon cuts off most of his head. Holy shit, man. This scene. This scene is great. Like I, you know, there's been a lot of doomed last stands in Game of Thrones history, <laughs> and they mm-hmm. filmed this just like those with the same kind of musical cue, the same kind of like you know, like like Viserys as he's walking to the throne gives me really big Yoda. <laughs> I was about vibes. to say that. Yes. Like I can just see like Frank Oz with his hand up Patty's uh-huh. ass with the cuz it's the cane. It's the cane, <laughs> it the little yeah, stick the way like he's you know using ch- it. Ch- ch- how it's know. almost taller than he is and yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Uh never on your mind on what where you are, what you're doing. You know, he's going to just get lecture everybody here. But like I it's, mean, it's the, the 900 year old line works yeah. just as well cuz when I'm 900 yeah. I won't look no, like you're, him. you're actually only 39 Viserys. This has just been, you know, uh <laughs> but, but but you look like you're a thousand years old. No, I yeah. I thought that there's like a lot of like that Yoda kind of this the hunchback and like just barely like keeping the momentum going mm-hmm. um and just how dramatic it was where like the princess just as she was about to mount her defense just <laughs> the doors kick open her, her, the king's her guard announces defense, him. right like it's about yeah. to fall flat on its face because it's pointless uh yeah in this room but yeah and then the doors bust open yeah yeah it's uh and it's i this isn't like john snow standing against the uh, the, the the charge of the Boltons. This is this this is Stannis coming to save the day, to save him. Right. Uh, this is the cavalry coming in, and the way again they show they frame it to where from uh, uh, Viserys's point of view, he's going towards Rhaenyra to mm-hmm. support Rhaenyra and climbing this uh, just just everything, just, just just the way that they took their time. It takes yeah. them like two minutes to go from the doors to on the throne. I guess that the crown falling off his head. Is something they improvised because it like hmm. happened and yeah. they're like, you know, we really like this um, kind of inversion of uh, Matt Smith offering his crown, uh, the 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 Driftmark crown or whatever the hell it was, the Stepson mm-hmm. crown. Yeah. The Crab Eater crown. Um, it just works so well. And like everything, the back and forth of Damon and Viserys to where like. I think Damon is genuinely blown away and impressed by his brother for maybe the first time in his fucking life. Cause he, yeah. even he sees like, this is costing this man a lot. And this is like, this is valiant what he's yeah. doing. Yeah. It's as valiant as, uh, taking your dragon and leading a charge into the mouth of a cave where you'll almost certainly be killed. You know, it's right. It's crab feeder. It's, it's on that level, even though it's not as action packed. Yeah. Uh, and, and just yeah. that line, I will sit the throne today. Like that's in this context, that's such a badass line. Yeah, yeah, it's it's it is because it and and Otto. That's the thing is like Otto and Allison <laughs> and Damon look at each other, and it's like everything that they've carefully architected is going to be undone by this fucking mummy. And yep. they can't believe it. They can't and they believe can't it. And they can't stop it either. That That's the thing that I love There's in this moment. There's nothing like they can do. Vayman looks over to Otto. He's like, is this really happening? And are we going to let this shit happen? And Otto's just like, yep. And this is like the ultimate, because like, 
you know, I'm often fighting with the people in feedback where they're like, well, chapter and verse of uh, Westerosi law says that. And I'm often like, you fools, you, that doesn't matter. It matters how many. But in this room, in this moment. Yeah, yeah. Otto can't call banners. No, he can't tell the King's Guard to, you know, surround to get like because nothing that he's got in this room in this place can stop what's going to happen because the king has 100 percent authority to do whatever the fuck he wants. And all the people that matter in the room are not going to go against that. And it's 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 the rare moment where, yeah, the laws and everything are actually going to be observed and you can't you can't little finger or or uh, various your way out of it. Yep. And okay. I just yeah, I just love it. I love how he's just like very proud. And he's like, nope, I'm you, you know, it, it would work just as well if the King's Guard carried him to the throne on a litter. Yeah. But it's important to him. This is him mm-hmm. being tested and that he wants to be seen as a king. And the only one that he will accept is his brother's help. Because now his brother respects him. Just I like I said, I fucking lost it every single time I watched this. I got really, really moved and choked up. Yeah. Um, and then like the king's like he's got a little bit of like fire to him too. He's uh-huh. he's cantankerous. He's like, I must admit my confusion that and then when everything's mad is like, I guess the matter is settled again. Like it's <laughs> right. You don't expect this wheezing guy to be able to be capable of that kind of fire. And then when uh Vaymond you know, goes on his tirade and Viserys stands up and says, I'll have your tongue for that. Yeah. If Damon doesn't do what he does, I fully expect Viserys to walk down those steps yeah. and at least point that knife at Vaymond, right. right? Like He'll have the King's Guard force him to his knees and his mouth open. But yeah, he'll he'll cut it off yeah. himself. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And so yeah, it's such I'm, a badass. There, there's him. a production still where it's a slightly zoomed out where you see Patty like in front of Thorne. He's got his knife out and he's like, you know, he's got this gold mask on, um, which <laughs> one of our really insightful uh, uh, instant talkers mentioned that that's a pretty close homage to the, the other Viserys we know where yeah, uh, Cal Drogo pours out the molten gold like it flows up and like like Patty's crown and that mask cover almost exactly the same area that the Viserys, uh, you know, Danny's brother yeah. uh, does. It's like I think that's a pretty slick like they must have felt really fucking clever that day when they came up with that shit, you know? Yeah. And good on them because they deserved it. Um, totally. The other thing that really strikes me a couple of things, but one of them is if Viserys doesn't do this. The Civil War is over. I mean, I think so. Team I don't Black think Rhaenyra has anything. Just straight up to, lost. Yeah, like yeah. I I don't I don't know. I mean, they do have a lot of dragons. I'm not saying that like they wouldn't fight because they do have a lot of dragons. Uh, they do have some. So, sure, they, they do have but some they would support, lose. But they would yeah. certainly lose. I mean, the the Valerians are an extremely powerful house, and we've seen sure. that from the beginning of this show. How yeah. important and, vital and they have a they lot are. of the dragons too, you know. And they have a lot of dragons, yeah. So I, I think it's not just like how, like the fashion he does it in here, but the stakes, right? Because the stakes are everything for his daughter. Which is sad, because like you know, from a, um, it must be infuriating and, and, and from a and green everything for the entire realm in the future, right? Like he's, you can't forget the prophecy that's ringing in his head. Sure, because sure. that's part of this too. Yeah. And I guess that's a, if I'm a green, it must be infuriating because you can make a good argument that if the king stays in bed, it's better for the realm. It's 100% better for yeah. the realm. Yeah. Potentially. Current, I don't know. Currently, right now, is yeah. a, 
you know, he doesn't seem like he's going to be a very good king. But like it, <laughs> right. it, avo- it would it would probably avoid a civil war, a bloody civil war. If the but, king stays in bed and Rhaenyra and Damon just accept like, well, it's inevitable. We we took our best shot and it's just not going to happen. But where does that lead? You know, I, I mean, we've seen where it leads. And I mean, this happens how it happens. But like, let's say Aegon does take the throne. What happens to the prophecy? The Song of Ice and Fire. The, the prince that was promised, right? Is that? Well, yeah, I don't know. But I, I think that's another weak part of the story is like, you know, coming into this after that first episode, I'm like, I really hope they answered a question of like, why the fuck haven't the Targaryens done more to prepare? Mm-hmm. Because they told a story of a king who's had a pretty good run of peace and prosperity continuing from his grandfather's day. And have we spent a moment talking about the wall? Have we spent a moment about reforming the Night's Watch? Have we spent any time about like, we've got to stockpile Valerian steel? Like, it seems that, and maybe that's the Targaryen. They just believe that, like, as long as we're on the the throne, the realms united. That's all we need to do. Mm-hmm. But I'm a little disappointed. I do feel like the Targaryens, from my perspective, don't seem like they take this shit seriously themselves. It's like they bring it up when convenient, you know? Yeah, yeah, seems like it. Uh, the other thing of note here is I just the Kafka s nature of this whole scenario. With Rhaenyra and her children and the realm, like mm-hmm. the Rhaenyra responding to Vayman's comment about his pure Valerian blood with a comment about how her own children have that same blood mm-hmm. is just so obviously false on the face of it, literally on the face right. of these children. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and it's so obviously untrue. But then at the same time, no one can challenge it without it being treason. And so yeah. there's this like. It, and the idea that anything, you know, that this farce, that anything Rhaenyra could say here in this moment would change the outcome with Otto presiding over it is mm-hmm. just absurd on its face. So, like, yes, it's Kafka-esque in its nature of, like, this is all absurd. This is all absurd. And also, like, it must have felt so good for to be Vayman to finally say, and like, they, 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 that guy really put his chest into it. Like, oh, you know, he's great. these children are... Bastards! And she right. is a whole like I'm finally saying what everyone save Lord Beesbury is saying. Even the goddamn mm-hmm. children see it. Like it must feel so good to literally speak that truth to power. It's just it's the last thing he felt. So good on yeah. him for feeling some pleasure. Because also Damon with the snicker snack. Holy uh. shit, that was awesome. <laughs> and it's so unexpected too. Like I yes. was expecting like a tongue to be taken. Or like a heads or like, you know, some kind of like fetch me a block type of situation. But for mm-hmm. it to just happen right there, like Matt Smith explodes in the action and his this guy's head and his the tongue's flopping and he's got the he's perfectly composed and then Otto tries to disarm him, but he's like, Oh no, no need and backs off and the Kingsguard doesn't want any of that. It was just fucking badass, man. Yeah. I loved it. Incredible. It was so genuinely shocking and delightful. Uh I yeah. don't know why, because again, like Damon's not a good guy. Vayman's not particularly a bad guy. He just is on the wrong side of the power here. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on to Vayman's body being prepared for its return to Driftmark as Rhaenys watches. Uh, this looks awful. This half head that's disconnected from Vayman's body. Ugh. Uh, seems like at this rate, the waters outside of Driftmark are going to fill up fast. We did all the math on that, but we were not accounting for Damon just cutting yeah. the heads off lords. 
Yeah, yeah, we weren't, uh, you know, the 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 Lords of Driftmark are uh, really drifting of late. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll, uh, it's, uh, yeah, I wonder if we will have a coffin scene. I guess not. Probably not. Uh, then we go over to Supper, where Viserys hopes to inspire his family to come together, and it seems like it's working on the adults, but the kids are still very much at each other's throats. Viserys' head hurts, so he has to leave, and then the kids go a little too far with Aemond, making a pink dread joke, and he toasts to the strength, or rather, the strongness of Jace. Uh, and that starts a fight, which Damon puts an end to, and Rhaenyra decides to take the children back to Dragonstone, and then pro- promises to return. Yeah, I like and the Allison opening where you've got the princess and the queen sitting there with this divide between them, this little divide. And it's it's almost a shot for shot remake of an illustration from Fire and Blood of like the queen mm-hmm. and the princess sitting there despising each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and Allison opening with a prayer that needles Damon for killing Vaymond. And, you know, the king trying to make this a cause of celebration, which is only pissing the green side off, you know, him congratulating on on all all this shit. And Aegon is giving the business to Jace. Um, But him, I, you know, so I guess maybe we're going to fight about this. I, I didn't see, I thought that this effects when he took that mask off were stunning too. Um, Hmm. I didn't see any kind of like, oh, well, this looks fake. I thought this was like, it worked very well. Like, you know, you know, him, you know, you kind of see that this guy is a bit of a statesman when he's like, you know, my face is no longer handsome. If it ever was, he's got this little kind of joke, but I want you to see me as I am not as your king, but as your father, your brother, your husband, your grandsire, who may no longer be with you for much longer. And I just begging you. Please, for our house, for our crown, and for just the sake of an old man who loves you, can you stop with your shit? And uh-huh. it works. And the story of them telling it works with the music and Viserys kind of looking around and seeing like everything happening and the way he's this is what he's always wanted. And like he's he thinks in his mind he's done it. It's incredible. It's an incredible scene. So I don't have a problem with the way this looks. It's not about it looking uh, right or wrong. It's about it matching the performance. It's like when they oh. have someone you know who has legs that they've hired to portray someone who doesn't have legs in film. Yeah, it's very very hard to get that to look right. Yeah, just because the legs are in the fucking way where they yeah, shouldn't and be. Center of gravity is off, even if you're like exactly. painting out like you did with uh, Forrest Gump, and yeah, yeah. So it's more like that. It's like, huh. Could, could a man with this little flesh on his face speak as clearly as he is? Could he drink wine uh, mm. without just leaking it all over himself? It's that's See, what I, I thought have more of a problem with is the mismatch. For me, I, I, I thought Patty did a pretty good job being gurgly with his tongue, kind of like being out like he's got like, you know, a really struggling bit, yeah. with drool. Like he's constantly mopping that side of his face because like things are escaping um i so i i thought i thought oh, i thought he, he i thought it i thought it matched pretty well and he's still like okay. leaning heavy on the table and the cane and 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 all that i mean yeah the guy's face is half gone like i don't know what a person sounds like that, sure. that does that but i thought i thought it, it it worked for me anyway and i thought the toasts yes that the women yeah. made to each other which mm-hmm. works because it's all true like and i think that they secretly know all this and they had the whole time uh-huh. it's probably one of the reasons that they're so pissed is because 
they can see the other person's point and they got this nagging voice like, you know, you're kind of being a shit and this isn't fair to anybody. And, you know, that's 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 always the worst kind of enemy to have is like when it's like you got to realize that they kind of they kind of they got it. They're right about a few things. Um, yeah. Just being reluctant to admit that it's such a, it's a bad situation to be in. But, you know, they they are inspired. I mean, Viserys's inspirational speech here yeah. works. It's yeah. just how long will the effects linger after his that's death? That's the that's the question I had is like even without the king dying this very night, you wonder like mm-hmm. if Otto gets a chance to be in the room with Allison again. Yeah. At these and these kids, like they're not uh-huh. reading. They've already the room. poisoned them, right? But but even that's the thing. Even then, it's like there's this moment where like Jace swallows the last bullshit that Aegon throws at him and gives a toast and chuffs him on his shoulder, and even Aegon is like, okay, fine. Mm-hmm. But fucking Luke, and I think it's Luke's fault. He yeah. he has to play this pink dread game. I I I didn't. I couldn't. I rewound it. I, I think that the pig is even missing the same eye. The Aemon is missing. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah, because because the way they frame when the pig comes into view, like Aemon is sitting on the exact same, and it's like the 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 the, the pig's face is lined up with him. I think you're supposed mm. to understand that they even took to the point to like scar him in the exact same way. So it's a pretty, and then and then all like it'd be if it'd be one thing just Luke, but everyone starts snickering. All of yeah. the children who are in on the joke, and that's when you know once the grandsire's out of the room, Eamon's like you know because he, mm-hmm. he almost stood up when Jace and Aegon started getting pugilistic. Mm-hmm. Um, but this, yeah, like he finally he can't he can't fucking believe this shit, and uh, and Eamon's toast here is really good. It's it's. It's right out you know, of the book, both too. N- needling them. Oh, is it? It's, yeah. it's needling them for, you know, being bastards, but it's also needling them for being weaker than he is. I mean, that's just a fact. We, I, I don't see Jace ever doing anything that I saw Eamon doing with a sword in this. No, episode. he's been practicing his I Valerian and his courtesies. And Eamon has been yeah. uh, to be a brutal fucker. And it's, 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 it's them as adults was so because he just contemptuously like Jace gives him a full on punch. He takes it and then he just grabs mm-hmm. him by his face and shoves him down, which I think is the ultimate. Just like he did in the just dragon like scene from the previous when episode. They, yeah. When they were kids, where Jace is just trying to be like, you know, I actually have fond memories of our shared youth together. And like, it's like, no, that 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 stuff is is done. And uh, Damon and Allison intercede. And there's this really dangerous moment where Damon like gets in front of him, just kind of like sighs, mm-hmm. like, OK, are we going to do this? And Eamon's not ready for that smoke just yet, so he nope. declines. Um, did Damon we talk maybe about, the only guy he's actually afraid of, or, or maybe. not sure he can take, I guess. But man, there's like that scene where he takes off Veyman's head, like initially shocks, like they, they get to where Helena's like claps her hands over her ears, and like Aegon takes a step back, and even, or I'm sorry, Aegon, and then Eamon does too. But then at the end, there's like this hungry look like, yeah, mm-hmm. that's my Mount Everest. I got to I got to climb. I got to fucking yeah. play a flag in this guy's ass one of these days. And it's this there, too. It's this boy. Uh-huh. It's uh, it's pretty it's pretty good. Which means, you know, Eamon actually respects him a little bit, too, which yeah. is potentially dangerous for Damon. It's also it's it's, it's a tragic note to point out that, like, you know, Jace asking Helena to dance like he's doing this kind of shine on Aegon. But like from Helena's description of Aegon's being married to him, it seems like a real fucking not good mm-hmm. situation. Oh, yeah. And you, you yeah, I, I, I thought on my second watch is like Rhaenyra tried to marry Jace to Helena. 
Uh huh. And look how sweet he's being and how much he's enjoying, you know, this. And it's like, ah, in a better world. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they would have been great together, potentially. But the thing that makes me think that maybe things would have gone differently is when the king's not there and the girl and the and the, the boys and girls have been dismissed. It's just Rhaenyra and Allison and they do that thing like it sounds like a genuine reconciliation. Like, I got to take the kids mm-hmm. home, but I'll come back and dra- me and the king will enjoy that. Like, I think that, like. They're ready to bury the hatchet for real. Yeah, and I think so. If Viserys could live for another six months to a year, maybe this would have really stuck. Mm-hmm. But alas, <laughs> it's not to be. Yeah, yeah. I'm super interested in seeing what happens next week. Uh, let's go over to Missaria getting a report from her spy, which I'm pretty sure is the queen's servant, Taylor. Yep, Taylor. Uh. And we talked a little bit about why they might be showing this area in the instant take here. Because, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it could it could potentially have something to do with Viserys. You know, she might mm-hmm. be in there if even if people weren't if in the castle weren't poisoning him. Maybe she had people poisoning him. I don't think so, yeah. because all this stuff started before uh, right. she was in the picture there. But who knows? I think she you're supposed to remember spies. that there is another spy dirty tricks person besides Larry at yeah. the, in, in King's landing. And she has dubious alliances. Cause we know she's worked for auto. We know she's been the lover of Damon. Mm-hmm. Uh, like where, where does her allegiance lie when the, when the, when the chips are down and they're just reminding her uh, us of her at this point. Oh um, yeah. We never forgot her here. We were always like, and then there's Masseria in the background doing something. What's she up to? She said she wanted right. power. Uh, yeah. And now, uh, so I'm happy to see her coming back because I want to see I'm, the dynamics here. I'm very intrigued with what they end up doing with her. And mm-hmm. uh, also, I've been pretty dismissive of it because people have been saying this ever since Layla first stepped on the stage. Is like, does anyone else think that she might be Melisandre? And I couldn't help but note that they fixed her hair up almost exactly like Melisandre. I don't know. Melisandre was at one point the servant of the queen. I was at a 1% chance. I'm at like maybe 50%, but I did. I Hmm. I asked uh, Kim what she thought of this and she didn't think much of it. She also mentioned that this in real life is uh, um, uh, Sapochnik's uh, spouse and also credited producer on the show. So it might just be kind of like, a way to get her onto the show just as a kind of a fun little Easter egg. But also, maybe she's Melisandre. <laughs> Could be. You know, Melisandre's super old. Uh-huh. And, you know, been playing the game, uh, the song of, been playing the Ice and Fire game for a couple hundred years. Maybe this is the, you know, what she's doing in the, the, the middle parts of that 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 uh, that story. It's something, I, it's something I'm going to take a lot more seriously now that, uh, I see the the continuity and the the dress and stuff that they're and the grooming, yeah. And then the final scene here: Viserys mistakes Alicent for Rhaenyra and makes a bunch of references to Aegon's prophecy, and then he dies. Uh, again, I think he dies. Pretty certain. Yeah, I just don't know about. I just don't know about Alicent having this conversion because of this prophecy, this misunderstood, mis- misheard prophecy. I feel like all the parts are there for just to, you know, for auto to, you know, or Rainier to make a misstep or something. Like, I don't think we needed, cause it's, I don't know. It's kind of messy. I don't, I don't, I still don't know how I feel about this. A song of ice and fire stuff. It's potentially interesting, 
But I know mm-hmm. I kind of wrinkled my face when it's like, oh, this is supposed to be because I, I was like, it's one thing if she's like, oh, my God, my son's being passed over because of some Targaryen mystical bullshit. You know, I believe in the mm-hmm. seven. These is a bunch of heathen bullshit. There's no power. It's another for her to legit think that she's part of this prophecy. And yeah, Aegon I didn't read this. that second half. It, ever, it seemed like thing. a lot of people did, man. And it got me yeah, like fine. maybe we're missing something because I, I don't like that. I don't like makes Allison seem a little simple. Sure. Um, the, the thing that this prophecy does is it gives Rhaenyra a reason to want to be queen. Um, right. M- more than just like, hey, I want power. Um, it gives her a reason to think that the realm is better off with her. It does the same thing to Allison apparently now too, even though it's the first she's ever heard of it. And like the king has been constantly been getting things wrong, and right. a lot of what she says doesn't seem like it affects Aegon at all. Like, did he have a dream? Did he do this? Did he do that? I don't know. I, I don't know. It, yeah, it's not. I mean, it's it's not a some... fatal flaw if they just like, yep. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, Allison was going to be totally on Team Rhaenyra, but then she found out her husband super secretly on the night of his death repudiated all of his previous actions and the episode, the actions that he took a great personal cost and sacrifice in this episode and mumbled something about a dream. And now she's convinced that it's got to be Aegon on the throne. Mm-hmm. I mean, if that's the case then I'm saying that's just pretext, I don't think that she can really believe that, but I don't know what the show yeah. really wants me to believe. I, I don't know. I feel like it's a little, it's a little messy. I'm curious to see what other people think. Yeah. Yeah. Send them, uh, take us to the feedback section where we can tell people how they can send in their comments on that. Yeah, hot D at baldmove.com is how you send in your long form feedback. We'll be considering that later this week, Thursday to be precise. Uh you can also follow us uh, along with us on twitter.com slash baldmove. Please don't send your takes there. Or if you do just they're probably not going to get read because I, I only look at the feed uh, at the hot D at baldmove.com to compile feedback. Uh, and you can also, if you want to get in, you're like, what's these instant talks that uh, were sound so incredibly awesome and a great way to unwind after the episode with a bunch of uh, uh, House of the Dragon fanatics. Well, you go to support.baldmove.com and you get access to ad free feeds as and a ton of bu- and a ton of bonus content, including those instant talk sessions that follow our instant takes. And you can watch it all recorded live. So it's like literally, you know, you go uh, grab a snack, grab a beverage. Head to your computer, your phone, whatever. Uh, get get on the live stream, and you're talking. You're talking with us. Um, but hotdeaballmove.com is for feedback. That'll be out Thursday. Uh, then Sunday, we got the new episode, the penultimate episode. And uh, oh yeah, I guess I, I mentioned that Sean Bean lost his head in the penultimate episode. Like, but this is not the penultimate episode. Next week's going to be nope. the penultimate episode. My mm-hmm. God, what's going to happen there? We'll be there to talk about it right after the episode um, on our instant take and instant talk. So that's what we're going to do this week. I can't wait to see what you guys have to say about this episode. Until we talk on feedback, uh, I'm your host, Aaron. And I'm Jim. See ya. <laughs>